Welcome to Uncover the Human, where every conversation revolves around enhancing all the connections in our lives. Whether that's with our families, co-workers, or even ourselves. When we can be our authentic selves, magic happens. This is Christina Amigoni. And this is Alex Cullimore. Let's, Let's dive, dive in. in. Authenticity means freedom. Authenticity means going with your gut. Authenticity is bringing 100% of yourself. Not just the parts you think people want to see, but all of you. Being authentic means that you have integrity to yourself. It's the way our intuition is whispering something deep-rooted and true. Authenticity is when you truly know yourself. You remember and connect to who you were before others told you who you should be. It's transparency, relatability, no frills, no makeup, just being. Hello and welcome back to this episode of Uncover the Human. We are back uh, solo today. Welcome back, Christina. We're here. We're here. Haven't left. Still here. No. <laughs> In the same so chair. We wanted to give a brief one. <laughs> same chair, <laughs> same background, same feeling. <laughs> Different topic. <laughs> Different topic. We wanted to talk briefly today, uh, touch point on emotional regulation. What it is, what you can do with it, what that means, what it is to be attached to and intelligent about your emotions without letting them run from your life or you run from them. Yeah, it's a big one. It's not easy, emotional regulation. And we all kind of have emotional moments of outburst. And then afterwards, we're like, okay, that was not what I expected. Well, if there's self-reflection, we realize that. If there isn't self-reflection, we just keep doing it. (laughs) (laughs) That brings up a really good point. That reminds me of Tony Gamble's leadership, the SOAR method, the Mm S-O-R-A-R. The the last point is self-awareness and reflection. You're getting to the point where you're reflecting back on things you've done because you're not going to do it perfectly every time, but how are you going to learn from it if you don't have that reflection moment? That's really, I think especially important part of emotional regulation is not just uh, understanding your emotions and dealing with them well, but being able to reflect on times when you didn't and what to do next time and what you'd like to do. I think it's important to think about the change curve on that too. This is something that Randall brought up. This is something that lots of people talk about as far as changing your psychology, changing what you want to do. Mm -hmm. Think about how emotions come in. We all interpret all of our five senses, go straight through the amygdala first to interpret whether there's a threat. And if there's anything we perceive as a threat or have documented as a threat previously, that takes an entirely different route than anything else that can bubble eventually up into our more logical, complex critical thinking areas of our brain where we are more objective and able to deal with that. So how many times have we you know, stepped off the path and how many times will we do that even after we start to recognize we'd like to do this differently? And it's worth noting the amount of self-forgiveness that takes to find your problem, identify it, then inevitably when you hit it again, because you will, having some forgiveness and understanding you saw that again, and maybe you're closing the loop and it's getting shorter between the time where you reacted how you didn't want to and understanding that and changing your reaction. And having that humility. It is a process. It's practice. And you never get to the medal. You never get to the podium of saying like, okay, I have now graduated emotional regulations. I never have to worry about it again. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be nice though, if you could. (laughs) Here's my diploma. Uh, See, I am emotionally (laughs) regulated. Oh, God. Oh, man. That sounds like a GI improvements. (laughs) I'm regulated. (laughs) I have a certificate for it. (laughs) 
yeah, so it's it's a journey, and it's a journey that you know ends when we end to be morbid about it. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> We're getting deep right away. Oof, it's going to be a short but potent conversation today. <laughs> We're always going to have oh. emotions. We're always going to, you know, react and lash out. And it doesn't have to be lashing out as a reaction. It could be passive aggressiveness. It could be becoming quiet. It could be any sort of way of reacting to something that's difficult in front of us and not addressing the trigger and yeah. then not addressing how we reacted. It's something that we may not want to do, or maybe it wasn't that useful for the people around us, or maybe the people around us are no longer around us because they've kind of gotten sick of us reacting that way. <laughs> Again, maybe it's not about them. Maybe there's something about us that's causing that distance. <laughs> and if you think you haven't had any of those moments, self-reflection may be the place to start for you. <laughs> Because I can think of many times when I've done this, accidentally stepped on toes, definitely run people outdoors. But I was like, damn, that was not right. I want to do better next time. <laughs> yeah. There's a, a quote from Ray Dalio that I read this morning on LinkedIn in one of his principles. And it's something I'm going to butcher it because it was really long. But it said something like, if enough believable people see one thing in a certain way and you still don't, you have a bias. And that's pretty much it. If you're constantly not regulating your emotion, not understanding, not doing the reflection of how people are reacting around you or responding around you after certain ways or how you respond or react in a certain way without that self-reflection of understanding what's the trigger, why am I being triggered? What can I do to change? And all of that, then, yeah, maybe, you know, it's not about everybody else all the time. <laughs> what was it uh, Dave Needham said? Did you be an asshole in the morning? You might have been that asshole. If you meet assholes all day long, you might be the asshole. Yes. <laughs> uh, there's a couple of things I think we should address up front about some of the misconceptions about emotional regulation. Because you talk about emotional regulation and not wanting to overreact. We also talk a lot about needing to be in touch with emotions and feeling your feelings and not trying to shut them down. You shut them down, they'll come out in a different way, although it gets stuck or you'll end up exploding later in a way you don't want to come out like an overreaction. So I think it's easy to fall towards a binary where you're like, so I just not have emotions. Like I have to stop all emotional reactions. I would say, no, that's not really where you're going with this. That's, where, you know, the 1960s to 90s slash early 2000s method of work where you're like, you have a work life and that's different than your home life and keep emotions at the door. You're done here. Like, was that helpful? Or do you have a lot of bosses exploding still? Cause they were raised in that. <laughs> That's spilling over in 2022, by the way. It's not, it didn't end in, in the year 2000 yeah, when should, Y2K. Should clarify. That, that, would have, that would have been a nice Y2K virus, actually. <laughs> can we, can the Y2K virus that didn't exist eliminate this concept that there's a work life and there's a, a non-work life and they can be totally separated and we just transfer our suit. We put on our suit and we take off our suit. And as we do that, whatever happens at home will never impact what happens at work. And what happens at work will never impact what happens at home. Yes. I leave all these repressed bits of anger. I get my job in my suit jacket and hang that up at the end yes. of the day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it definitely doesn't come out of the dinner table sometimes. <laughs> yeah. You know, I feel devalued and yelled at and unappreciated at work. That's never going to spill over into my family life or social <laughs> life. Yes. 
Actually, Bernie Brown was talking about that with the uh, culture X people, that the things they find in toxic cultures are the ones that are, and she's, I don't think there's been a good word coined for it. She had a couple of different stabs at it, but the idea being that these are the impacts on your psyche that will spill over. These are the ones that definitely will be attached to your other experiences. This is what does not isolate itself in a work situation or one singular situation. These are the things like shame or something that, that digs in that becomes inevitably spreads to other facets of your life. They're uncontainable, I think, was one of the phrases. Um, it's just, that's definitely not going to be restricted. And it's, it never is. So that I think it's important to call out up front that when we talk about emotional regulation and not wanting to overreact, not wanting to have reactions we, we wish we had done differently, it's not the same thing as trying to smash all emotions because you do have a reaction for a reason. It could be that it's a trigger that you haven't worked out. It could be that there is something that you want, legitimately, you should be angry about. Somebody's not being fair or holding up their end of an understanding you had with them or whatever. There are reasons to have anger, to have any strong emotions that we might associate with overreactions. So it's not the same as emotional regulation isn't saying I'm not going to have these or I really need to do my best to hold that all down. Because I think you can pretty much look at the entire... uh, male gender as a reason that we shouldn't just hold all emotions down all the time it works out less than well if i hear one more time somebody who's upset or crying hurt angry and the reaction from whoever's around them because they are uncomfortable is okay you're done and i'm like no 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 they're done when they're done they're not done when you tell them they're done because you're uncomfortable with them crying, screaming, angry, or whatever it's going on. That's not going to help it. It's just going to shove it, increase it, and it's now going to explode in the volcano. And the next time they drop a cracker on the floor, and you're wondering why they're having a big reaction over dropping a cracker on the floor. Had nothing to do yeah. with the cracker. Yes. That's a huge part of emotional regulation too. Like if you feel that spiking, it likely doesn't have to do with the thing. There's a bunch of other contributing factors here. Maybe it's a a train of history. Maybe it's just whatever else. But uh, if you want any proof for why that doesn't work, just tell people to stop it. Uh, Go try to tell somebody who's angry at you to just calm down. See how it goes. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody who's crying that they're done. Yeah. You're you're done. You're done crying? You're done with this? Your pain is gone. (laughs) So you should be done crying. In my estimation, I don't see how you should be upset this long. So you're done. (laughs) So that's the second part of emotional regulation too. The social factor. Are you allowing other people to have regular emotions? And are you contributing to their dysregulation by making sure you just don't want to be around it? Because it's just uncomfortable. And it is uncomfortable. This is total in total fairness to everybody. It's very hard. This isn't like Mm -hmm. you've done something bad. You should feel bad. It's hard to be around people with strong emotions. You're going to have your own emotions. You're going to be at your Mm -hmm. own near breaking point because you were tired for something else or whatever, whatever has happened. Uh, it's just, again, choosing what your reaction is going to be. Is it, I really, I hear you. This sounds very difficult. I'm exhausted right now. Setting a boundary like, Hey, can we please talk about this in a little bit? Cause I'm, I'm going to, I want to be able to help you. And later it's going to be a better time for me to be able to do that. That's a fair answer. That's okay to say. And it's, we forget these things. I think in our rush to be like, I don't have the time to deal with this right now. Can you just not be having a reaction? Yeah. Can you just be done? Please be yeah. done. It's not Please that big of a that deal. Does not fit my schedule. Exactly. Yeah. It's not that big of a deal because your pain is according to my scale. And I decide when it's a big deal or not. And you're done. Yes. And we do it to ourselves. So this is not just outside voices, it's internal voices. There's a huge component of our own internal voices because of the pressure from society, because we've heard it from outside 
many times when we were kids and adults to tell that to ourselves. And Susan David actually was the one that uh, a couple of weeks ago sent out one of her email newsletters was about how grief doesn't have a timeline. There is no deadline to grieve. There isn't like, okay, you've grieved for two months, you're done. Oh, you've grieved or, you know, like for this type of pain, your grief allowance is six weeks. At the sixth week, you're going to wake up and that's it. <laughs> and yeah. so there is no timeline for grief. Grief is going to take however grief, you know, takes. And, you know, and interestingly enough, another quote that I saw recently, and I can't remember who said it, is like, if time was the antidote to not feeling pain anymore, then we would all be very happy all out there. There would be no sad people, no depressed people, no angry people, because we've all had time to get over whatever we were supposed to get over. So it's not about time. <laughs> it's not about deadline. It's, it's not about feeling the pressure that I should be done because I have now felt this pain for two months, two years, 10 years, 20 years, two weeks, whatever it is. It's about understanding like what is the emotion telling me what's going on there what am i carrying what do i need to go through and acknowledge and take with me to then allow the compassion for myself and the really tricky part about this is knowing that inside yourself that word should is very much important am i saying i should be doing something because that's and this is that's like step two because often step one is we're having a reaction we don't even considering where it's coming from it's just happening we're just we're attached to it it's going we're on the train it's we're riding that wherever it's mm-hmm. going and it's hard to recognize when you're on a train that you don't have to be on because like we, we don't always recognize it as a choice. And again, it's not the same as choosing. So I'm not going to feel this at all. I'm going to just get off this train and never consider this train again. I wish it had never happened. Like, that's also because there's no, there's no timeline on it. You will be on that train, but you can choose a reaction in the moment. That's like, okay, I may be feeling, in fact, irate at my boss right now. And we all get good at like holding that in and being like, I can't yell right now. I don't feel like I have the power to yell. And then we don't necessarily come back and revisit and be like, that was the really angering for me. And I'd like to approach this in a different way. What can I do to more constructively approach have this happen again? If you don't come back to that second part, it becomes very difficult. You're just attached to a whole bunch of processes that run away from you. Yeah. Yeah. And it does come out. So no matter how much we repress emotions, they will come out. They will manifest in how we deal with people, how we're around, the energy we bring to the room. It is very obvious. Uh, None of us are immune to it and none of us are blind to it. So when somebody comes in the room with a lot of repressed emotions, everyone in the room knows that's what's happening. So there is no fooling others when we are shoving emotions away, canceling them or whatever it is that we do because it's more painful or we perceive it as more painful to actually acknowledge, hey, that comment hurt me. Why did it hurt mm-hmm. me? What's going yeah. on? If a button was pushed, it's because there's a button. What's the button? And what can I do next time? Or how did I react? Did I stop talking? Because that's my default is when I feel silenced, I will be, you know, it's one of those like, you know, you want me to be silent? Let me show you what silence is and never provide an opinion <laughs> ever again. Does that work? What's that costing me? Mm-hmm. And we end up holding ourselves hostage, I think, on that. We end mm-hmm. up with you know, thinking we should be doing something one way and then we have a reaction 
or we start with a reaction where we, we feel angry about something. We don't identify necessarily what it is. So we just know that we're angry. And then we end up in this loop of trying to justify why we're angry. And now you just get angrier at other things. And you're trying to make sure that people understand, mm-hmm. like, it's okay that I'm angry now. So here's, it must be because of this or, oh, that person looked at me wrong. That's also contributing to this. And that can really compound onto ourselves if we're not paying attention to where it started from. And then trying to be like, hmm, I'm definitely feeling some rising anger where's that coming from? What do I want to do about this? But we can get into a loop of trying to justify it by getting angry or at other things, showing people we're angry. It's so true. You know, some places where emotional regulation is not happening or needs a little bit of help (laughs) (laughs) are when we are acting differently with different people. So Mm -hmm. when something is bothering us, but when we're with one person, like, yep, I'm okay. Everything is okay. And then when that person is not around or we're with other people, then, well, no, I'm not okay. And this is why I'm angry. And this is why I'm hurt. Or this is why what's going on. And so, you know, again, we talked about this in, in the podcast before this, like there's a lack of integrity, internal integrity there. It's like, if we can express the same emotion, if we have to change who we are and put a different armor on, depending on who's in the room, something is going on. And the more we ignore it, the harder is going to be for us and the harder is going to be for the people around us. And the people around us are going to notice that because again, they're not idiots. <laughs> We're actually not that good at disguising our emotions, even if we don't express <laughs> them. And so yeah. at which point are you going to realize like, ah, oh, there's nobody in the room anymore. I wonder why <laughs> uh, it's their fault. <laughs> I didn't do anything wrong. Maybe they couldn't understand me. <laughs> yeah. Or nobody's helping me. I'm suffering and nobody's helping me. I'm like, well, do they know you're suffering? Or are you always smiling and saying everything is okay? Mm-hmm. That's a good point too, because whether we're reacting, you know, like, like holding it all in and acting like everything's fine, or whether we're reacting angrily, the other person is taking that in. They're either taking in that they are saying they're fine. So they're either going to, it might be very tempting for them just to be like, all right, I'm just going to trust them that they're fine because I don't, I don't have the energy to dig down to the bottom of this. Even if it seems like there's something off, like you just will have to come tell me, which is probably a healthy boundary to set if somebody's not telling you. But secondarily, if somebody's reacting angrily, that's all you get. This person seems very angry at me and maybe they're not even angry at you, but you're still going to be feeling it that way. So do you want to be doing that to whoever you're talking to? Is this, is this actually the object of your anger? And even if so, is it helpful to be angry at them? What are you choosing? What is actually helping? Very true. We might have actually been done in 20 minutes or no, no. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That's emotional regulation in 20 minutes or less. the important part. (laughs) (laughs) it is a game and it's a practice and i think it's also worth just noting it's hard just it's not hard hard. it's not easy to do this for yourself for other people and it's better with practice and it's better when you have safe people who you can be safe around continue to experience this yes yeah it's not something to do alone i wouldn't recommend figuring that out alone you know there's coaches there's mental health counselors there's friends there's you know it's not easy to do alone because we're so wrapped up in our own world that we don't even see it until we're actually externalizing and I have to tell somebody else. When you have that trust and the confidence into whoever the other person that you can confide in is, and you actually have to say the words, that button got pushed and you realize there is a button there. That's very different than the 900 words swimming in your head, convincing you with your own bias that there is no button. It really is about the towel left on the floor. 
Mm-hmm. Those 900 words are basically the outcome of that button being pushed. And yes. half of those words are dedicated to trying to get you to think that button wasn't pushed. Yes. <laughs> that this is, is a totally, no this is what, the, <laughs> yes, yes. I think uh, armor is a good way of putting it to that metaphor of like putting armor around on other people. And we all do a little bit of like, we have to like, we feel un- nervous around people. So we might you know, be a little more polite or more formal, which is, it makes sense. We're getting to know people, but it's a different type of armor. If you think about armor you're wearing every day, how long are you going to be wearing it? Is it like, if it's a to- toxic workplace, are you doing this five days a week for eight hours a day? You're putting on this heavier armor. And what are the chances you're not either like best case scenario, you can take the armor off. Let's pretend like you can just like snap that off and be done. You're still going to be exhausted from carrying around armor all day. At which point it's much harder to have emotional regulation. We People talk about being like hangry. There's things like your own life metabolism, blood sugar, just general level of exhaustion because of what kind of week you had that are all going to contribute to your ability to do this. So even if you're a good one day, it can be very tiring the next day and it's worth Remembering that, giving yourself a little grace and giving other people grace because they're also hungry and they're also having weeks that you know nothing about. And it's very hard to detach from taking it personally if somebody's angry at you, but it's also very worthwhile to remember, A, this is, it's always about the other person. It's always about everybody's having their own reaction because of their own thing. And B, maybe you can help them. Yeah, maybe you're in a good place that you happen to be awake enough that you can you know, hunger full enough, not hungry, <laughs> sated <laughs> enough that you can go deal with this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's very true. And also giving yourself compassion. It really starts with the self. It's like I snapped, I a button got pushed. That's okay. And now I know that there's a button mm-hmm. there. Next time it'll probably get pushed again and it'll take some time. Or maybe it's every other time it gets pushed. And what can I do about it? So it's there's a lot of self-forgiveness and self-compassion that's needed as well. It's like, just because there is a button, let's not now go all the way to the, you know, self-punishing because there's a button to begin with. Mm-hmm. That doesn't help. And it goes to Harriet Lerner's ideas on like apologies. because It's really about apologizing mm-hmm. to yourself and it's apologizing to other people. If you push other people's buttons, it's not just saying like, oh, I, I see that I did that. Thing. I'm sorry about that. It has to be followed with changed action. So when you feel like, oh man, I should have done something else or I'd like to have done something else. You can either go all the way to self-punishment, which will just kind of drag you down. Or you can be like, what do I need to change to help this not happen so much in the future? What would I like to see happen? How, you know, start plotting your path forward. And if you're thinking that's exhausting and tiring, yes, it absolutely is. It's it's hard to do that work over and over again. But it's also your life, your one chance to do this for yourself. And it's a great exercise in being able to build more of a life that you want instead of feeling as hamstrung and stuck to it, uh, reactions that you've already had. Mm-hmm. So very true. Okay, so maybe emotional regulations in 23 minutes and less. Emotional regulation in 24 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> We have two commercial breaks ready for this one and you can still get to a half an hour. <laughs> oh, there's so much more to say. That's there's a lot of great books on it. Uh, if you have any ideas, but definitely Brene Brown has a lot of good thoughts mm-hmm. on like vulnerability and doing this. I uh, would recommend Oprah's What Happened to You is a great one for thinking about uh, yes. triggered reactions and things that are feel subconscious. And there's lots and lots of literature. The Body Keeps the Score is a great one on, mm-hmm. on trauma and how your body is continually remembering these things. And the last one that I've heard is like, why don't zebras have panic attacks? I think something, something like that. Mm-hmm. It's about how animals on the Serengeti, like you get chased by a lion. If we got chased by a lion, we'd be traumatized for quite a while. We'd be <laughs> like, I got chased by a lion. I thought I was going to die. Right. Like that's very, uh, but that could happen every day for a zebra. And they don't mm-hmm. necessarily have like lingering trauma. And part of that is that they physically 
complete the trauma reactions. It's very worth in tandem with things like the body keeps the score worth keeping these things in mind that there's always a toll. So either you start to pay it off or it starts to take hold of your own emotions. So anyway, there's some good reading material to continue after this now 26 minutes on emotional regulation. <laughs> yes. We're going to keep counting. <laughs> <laughs> no, just figure out your buttons. Also, you know, we've talked about this in the past. When there is a button, there's a value that's been misaligned or challenged. So there's a lot of things that can be done with reactions and emotional regulations to really get deep into what is actually going on. And sometimes the answer is removing yourself from certain types of situations because there are value misaligned and that's okay. It's better than yelling at people the whole time while you're in the situation (laughs) or yelling at yourself. It sounds so cliche I'm sad that I'm even saying it, frankly, but there is a huge opportunity every time you feel that challenge. There's the opportunity to understand what's being challenged and to make a different choice. And to, like you said, get out of that situation. Maybe that's the mm-hmm. right answer for this one. The situation won't change. I need to get out of it because there's no way this doesn't come up and there's no way this isn't just going to keep digging that in. And there's a huge opportunity to learn about yourself and make a much more diligent choice for the next one, the next time you have a choice. And you always do more than we think. So it's kind of exciting mm-hmm. to do it. And there really is an opportunity in that as cliche as it sounds to say, like every problem is an opportunity. There's something huge and difficult to get to. And maybe that's the real key. It's, there's a challenge in that. There's a challenge for our, am I going to put the energy in to figure out what I can help myself with out of this? All right. Now go emotionally regulate. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> You're done. You're all certified now. <laughs> Thank you guys for I'm listening. Certified. This has been very fun. And thank you, Christina. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for listening to Uncover the Human, a Siamo podcast. Special thanks to our podcast operations wizard, Jake Lara, and our score creator, Rachel Sherwood. If you have enjoyed this episode, please share, review, and subscribe. You can find our episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. We would love to hear from you with feedback, topic ideas, or questions. You can reach us at podcast at wearesiamo.com or at our website, wearesiamo.com, LinkedIn, Instagram, or Facebook. We Are Siamo is spelled W-E-A-R-E-S-I-A-M-O. Until next time, listen to yourself, listen to others, and always uncover the human.